Welcome to Triumph and Transformation, inspiring stories of accomplished alumni, a podcast where we delve into the incredible journeys of Monroe College alumni and discover the inspiring stories behind their success. From defining moments and pivotal decisions that propelled our guests to change their lives and impact their families and communities, they recount their personal and professional transformations. Together, we will uncover the lessons they've learned along the way, the hurdles they've overcome, and the innovative solutions they've implemented in their respective fields. Let's dive in. Good morning to everyone. This is a very important podcast talking about one of our most successful graduates of Monroe College, a person who I know for 53 years, and through him I have watched a marvelous change of life, dating way back when he arrived in New York 53 years ago, and I'm introducing Andrew James, who I am so proud to speak to this morning, who will tell us a little about his life, starting way back in the Caribbean, and then making his journey to New York. So, Andrew, we welcome you. Thank you very much, Chairman Jerome. It's uh, really a joy to be with you this morning, and thank you so much for this great introduction. It is an honor to share this platform with you. Now, regarding my background, I was born in Grenada, in the parish of St. Andrews, and I'm the fifth child of 14, all born to my parents, Teresa and Herbert James. After graduating from high school, I worked at the magistrate court as the clerk of court. And then a couple of years later, 1970, I came to the United States of America for the purpose of furthering my education. And it has been a total transformation from the day I landed in New York City at JFK. And then after I settled down, that was 1970, October, and talking to some people in my church, I learned that there was a young man who graduated from a great college. And as a result of speaking with him, I decided, well, I'm going to enroll in Monroe. Now, Monroe was not the college that I left Grenada to attend. But when I heard so many good things about Monroe, I decided to attend Monroe. So I enrolled in 1971, and what a blessing it was. And what program did you enroll in? I enrolled in the accounting program, and I studied accounting and got my associate's degree in accounting in 1972. And what kind of education did you get at Monroe College? I have to throw that in. Well, when we talk about career education, there was no place like Monroe. And the atmosphere that was created made it much more relaxed in, in the sense that, you know, you leave a different country and you come here and you have high expectations about what you want to do. However, with the high expectation, you are still pretty nervous about, well, what lies ahead of you from an educational point of view? You're not used to the educational system in the United States. So Monroe created an atmosphere from the very beginning that 
cause me to feel that I can achieve the education that I wanted to. And with all the professor and all the academic services that Monroe had, it encouraged me to perform at my best level. And that's what I did. So, Andrew, we speak about people paying for college educations today. Here you are coming in from a Caribbean island. How were you able to pay for your education while you were attending Monroe? A very good question. Well, when I left Grenada, my dad gave me 50 U.S. dollars. Because I had worked for a couple of years before, and I did three jobs, basically, which is two in addition to the government job that I had, I saved up almost $2,000 when I came. However, that was not going to be enough to pay for my room and board and also my tuition. So I worked. I worked at the Copacabana nightclub. And there I did a lot of kitchen work at night, all night long. And then when I left that job, I went home, enough time to take a bath and then head over to Monroe College. So I paid for my education. I was earning a handsome salary. It was $1.85 an hour. So I saved my money. And with the education at Monroe, I learned how to budget. So I budgeted my money and was able to support myself and my education as well. Now, as things went along, when I graduated from Monroe, then things changed and I started getting other jobs that were not as uh, labor-intensive as it was at Copacabana, the famous nightclub. Yes, that's unbelievably a great story. How you started off by coming to the United States, paying and working at the Copacabana, which I know very, very well, being that I was originally from New York City. And really, it shows the beginning of why, as we listen to your story, you did become more and more successful along the way. So now you graduated Monroe, got an associate degree, and I believe at that time, that was the highest degree Monroe College was giving. So now, what did you do leaving Monroe? Apparently, you went on to earn a bachelor degree. Where did, where did you go? Yes, I yes. did. So on the basis of the work that I did at Monroe and the great education, it enabled me to enroll at New York Institute of Technology, located right there in the middle of Manhattan. So I, I went there in 1972, graduated in 1974 with a bachelor's in accounting with honors. And then I enrolled after that at the same college, New York Institute of Technology, and earned a master's of business administration degree in 1977. You know, it's kind of interesting, Andrew, when I kind of think about it, as you went forward, how Monroe College went forward. We were giving associate degrees, and today we give bachelor degrees and master degrees. So we, we had to catch up to where you were going, and we did catch up to where you were going. So then you went on, you got your MBA degree in accounting, and then I presume we're now going to talk about employment. What happened after you now graduated? I wanted to give back. I learned so much from Monroe, and Monroe was such an encouraging environment for me. So fortunately, you hired me to be an accounting teacher. So tell us a little bit about your stay as both teaching and administration at Monroe College. Oh, what a wonderful experience, because 
it gave me a chance, number one, to keep improving my skill. And then it gave me administrative experience. So after I did the coordinating of the afternoon programs, then Monroe gave me a promotion and promoted me to the director of continuing education. So I did that. And then a few years later, my title was changed from director of continuing education to dean of continuing education. So, you know, as I went along, it just moved me forward. But what an experience dealing with the students, dealing with the faculty, dealing with the support of the entire college for the students and also for the staff and the professors as well. I could not have been in a better place than being at Monroe. And that's why I stayed at Monroe so long. (laughs) Now, hopefully during this period of time, did we keep increasing your salary, being that you kept moving up to new positions? Of course, of course. Well, besides the environment, at Monroe and the encouragement that I was receiving, it was like a family atmosphere. Well, you also taught me business. Also in 1983, I became a CPA while working at Monroe. So again, as I move up educationally and experientially, my salary went up. It was commensurate. And uh, again, Monroe gave me my start. And who was the president at that time of the college? Oh, what a wonderful president we have. Yours truly, who is now Chairman Stephen Jerome, because it was your your vision. You were indeed a visionary in leading the college since I knew you from 1971 up until now. You led, and although you are the chairman now, but without you, Monroe would not have been the same. Well, one thing we knew about you, Andrew, you kept going up and you kept assuming more and more responsibility. And anyone who was in my position at that point as the president, you were a great find for us. You were someone we were so proud of. So now as the time went on, we did get to a point that you came in, if I remember, and you said to me, I'm getting close to a big birthday. And in my life, I always wanted to own something of my own. So do you want to bring us up to date on that story? Yes, definitely. And again, it's because of the fact that you, with spearheading all the activities of Monroe as the president, you instill in people the desire to improve themselves in every way. So after that, when I came to you the last uh, year of working at Monroe and I told you that I had the desire to start my own business, we spoke about it. And then I decided, okay, we're going to move forward. And you gave me your blessings. Well, I, <laughs> I was very shocked by that. <laughs> I was a little unhappy about that because I was losing one of the key people who helped run Monroe College, but did not want to hold this man back because he wanted to go forward. And being that I knew how successful he was in everything he did at the college, I felt his next endeavor, I was definitely assured in my mind that he was going to do well. So I said, where are you going to go? He said, I'm not sure, 
but I'm going to probably be leaving within the next six months. But I will then come back as soon as I find what I'm doing. And now let's go to that point of your life. So you gave me the blessings. And while it was not an easy decision for me, because I, I really felt welcome and at home at Monroe, but together we agreed. And yes, six months later, I started my own McDonald's. I was trained in the McDonald's system, and I purchased my first McDonald's in Brooklyn, New York. So I became a McDonald's franchisee. But remember now, with all the education that I got from Monroe, the foundation that was laid, the environment that you created in the college, I took all of those skills and brought them into the franchise business with McDonald's and be able to lead my staff in a similar manner. Okay. And now you were getting an education of owning your own business in Brooklyn, in a McDonald's. And then did this change in any way after you bought your first McDonald's? Yes. So after I bought my first, and then I started building my second, which was about a 15-minute walk away from the first. And before I was actually finished, then McDonald's came to me at a very high level and asked me if I wanted to get involved in something huge. They didn't tell me what it was, but they were satisfied with what I was doing, the progress that I was making, and how we were moving the brand forward. So I said, yes, I'm a businessman, and I like to sit down and, uh, and talk. Again, I'm using the skills that I learned at Monroe. I don't say yes until I know all the details. So they send a high-level person to me to talk about the details. And lo and behold, what it turned out to be was that McDonald's was selling all the restaurants they had in upstate New York, 13 of them. And they told me that they are willing to sell me six. Now think about that. I only had one, building a second one. So I operated only one at the time. And now they're offering me to run six. But then I told them that it would not be feasible for me to just take six. For me to make that move, I will request that they sell me all 13, which was a shock to them because they've never done that before, particularly for a person who has just operated in one restaurant. But lo and behold, after negotiating and having conversations, they agreed that they will sell me all 13 of them. So I started in 1998 in Brooklyn, and in 2001, I started operating 13 restaurants. I purchased 13. So I, I ventured out with the 13, and all of a sudden now, I went from managing or employing about 56 people in a restaurant to now with almost 1,000 employees, and I didn't know anyone. They didn't know me either. But I kept in mind the discussions that we've had and the insights that you gave me all through the years. One thing I have to say is Andrew and I, of course, over our 20 some odd years together became close. So Andrew very openly discussed this with me to get a little of my input Sure, because this was a major, major change in his life. Now, let's let's understand. We listened to coming to the United States making $1.85 working at the Copacabana. And now we're in a part of a conversation that he is now owning 
13 McDonald's up near the Albany, Saratoga area. And I said to him, family was now living in New Jersey. I think it started around January, if my memory brings me up to date. And I said, Andrew, Andrew, I know you're going to leave your family in Jersey until school's over, your son and daughter. Don't buy a house up there. Rent an apartment. All I want you to do is work 20 hours a day to make sure you get this thing set up. So where'd we go with 13 McDonald's? Well, we continued to operate with 13 for one year. Then I purchased another one. So I now had 14 McDonald's. And, you know, again, like you said, the important thing was I was learning now when I started in Brooklyn with that first McDonald's. I'm learning now what it is like to own a business and having the weight of the business on your shoulder with so many people depending on you. And one of the things that you used to say when I was in the college was, yes, we have X number of employees in the college, but then we are providing a living for their families. So when you multiply it by the number of employees and the number of family members that they have, it's much more of a bigger responsibility. And you are always concerned about the employees and listening to what you used to tell us that I use what I learned from you in order to operate my business. And I can tell you that was one of the best things that I ever did in my life is to put in place what I learned from you down through the years. And I have not regretted it one bit. And then there was one thing I said to you, being that I was a little familiar with restaurant business, is that you're going to find on Sunday morning, now let's understand, these units were owned by McDonald's. They were not owned by franchisees before you bought these. And I said to you, I bet you're going to find Sunday mornings that everyone goes to church who works for you and they bring their families into McDonald's and probably very few people are paying, but don't change it all at one time. And you called me up, you said, how do you know that? I said, I happen to have a feeling. So how do we handle that, Andrew? Well, I listened and I followed your advice and I didn't change everything at one time, but I kept everything in place, just the way I purchased it, the management structure, everything in place. And what I did was, I drove around to the various locations to learn not only the locations, but to learn firsthand what's going on. You introduced something to us, which was called management by walking around. And you walked around to see the staff and the students and created that relationship with them so that they felt at home. So I drove around. I couldn't manage by walking around, but I drove around because I was operating in five different counties until I learned exactly what was going on in every location and interface with the management team that I had in place. I did that and then start making gradual changes. So I had no issues with the people. We made changes as we went along and that crystallize the atmosphere in the restaurants and the community just the same way you crystallize the atmosphere at Monroe College and the environment in which Monroe operates. Now, during the first six months, Andrew and I spoke on a regular basis, and I said to Andrew, Andrew, 
I'm going to give you six months and then I'm going to come up and pay you a visit. <laughs> and I said, let's meet for breakfast at one of the restaurants. And we met, if I remember, in Hudson, New York. That's right. We sat and had breakfast. And now you had me for the day. Yes. And I asked to be taken around to the 14 McDonald's so I could give a little of my input as I met the employees. I went into the kitchens. I went into the bathrooms. So let's talk about President Stephen Jerome arriving for a tour of 14 McDonald's. I was so honored that you thought of me in such a way to even want to come up and see what I was doing and to encourage me along. And yes, we did meet in Hudson, which is in a little town called Valesha. So we met there and we had breakfast and then we drove around to the various locations and you operated the same way as though you were in the college. You greeted the management, you greeted the staff, and as you said, went around into the kitchen. And, you know, it was really a joy and an honor to have you come up. And even after that, you, you know, you learned so much as you went along and you were able to give me advice again, which only helped me to become better at what I did. I must tell you also that McDonald's was so happy with what I was doing that I earned a lot of awards. And every two years, McDonald's has a convention where we call it a worldwide convention where all the franchisees from all over the world and suppliers, we meet in Orlando in the convention center for almost a whole week. And they put me on the screen and they talk about what I was doing. And then everybody was coming to me. They want to know what I was doing and why I was so successful and so on. It's again, I have to say it's all because of you. And I, I can't leave God out of the picture because I had to rely on God to help me. There were certain times that I didn't really know where to turn besides you. And it is faith in God that propelled me and helped me to become successful at Monroe and also owning McDonald's restaurants. Well, my visit was a great visit. And I watched how you divided the people you worked with. You had heads of certain locations in charge of four McDonald's or five McDonald's, and you knew exactly what was going on. And one of the things I enjoyed more than anything on my visit, which I may have not mentioned to you, in every one of the 14 McDonald's, I tasted French fries, just to make sure they were the <laughs> same in every restaurant. And I thought that was a joy to me. But who is that lovely young lady? If you turn around, she's a, it's a picture on your dresser. <laughs> this is my lovely wife. And uh, on November 25th of this year, we would have been married for 45 years. 45 years. Yes. And uh, could we ask where you met her? I met her at Monroe College. So you see, Monroe College gave me employment. Monroe College introduced me to my wife. And uh, here I am, happily married with two children. We have a son and a daughter. Right. We also have five grandchildren, which our daughter has given to us. Our son does not have any children, but he's married as well. So again, when we talk about transformation, Monroe transformed me. Monroe transformed my wife who attended there. And also Monroe transformed itself. Just like what you were saying a few minutes ago, the graduation in terms of the level 
of degrees that Monroe is now giving. Just to throw in for a second, we said five grandchildren? Yes. From one daughter? Yes. And how many, how many boys and how many girls? Four boys, one girl. Four boys and one girl. So we would have had one more boy. We would have had a basketball team. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. But we got we got that little girl in for the fifth one. Oh, yes. That is so nice. Here we are listening to a Monroe College graduate, Andrew James, married someone he met at Monroe, two children, five grandchildren, started with $1.85 an hour, owning 14 McDonald's being hugely successful, now also involved on being a member of the Board of Trustees of Monroe College and a very active board member, also still a dear friend of mine, someone I speak to more than I speak to most people. And uh, Andrew, I just must say to you, it is the greatest story that I could ever tell anyone about the success of a college graduate from Monroe. You are a prized person for us, and I want to thank you for doing the podcast. I will smile the rest of my life knowing you, and I've enjoyed every moment of being with you. Anything you'd like to end with? Well, Tim and Jerome, I just want to say, as I've said in the beginning, it's really an honor. And as I have started this journey, even up to this day, when I say that you are my mentor, when it comes to business, you are my mentor. And now I can say you are really a true friend. And I, I really appreciate it. And I love everything that you've done in the college and what you're doing now. And also the way you take interest in the staff, in the students, in the faculty, and not only the environment at Monroe, but reaching on the outside as well. I thank you very much. And I really, really appreciate knowing you. And thank you for all the help and advice that you have given to me. I am a person today that I would not have been had I not met you. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate nice. it. All I must say is we are so proud of what you have done in your life. And it has been an honor to work with you and be your dear friend. Thank you so much. Well, that's what transformation is about. Transforming lives. Okay. That's what Monroe does. Transforming lives. You transform my life and God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot. You're Thank welcome. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating, review, and following the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, you can follow along on social media at Monroe College or visit www.monroecollege.edu. Have a wonderful week.